I'm phenomenally excited today's episode. I've got Jimmy Spacuza here in the Rooftop Realty Studios. Another episode with Adam Short and Eric Humes on Staying yes. in Trouble. Excited to be here, man. I'm Boom. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I got to tell a little story before we start. I'm way excited to be here. You know what my wife made me do today? And because we're going to talk. Your own laundry? No. Oh. We're, we're going to get into possibly grappling and MMA fighting on this episode. But I had to do that this morning. I took a three-year-old to the dentist. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I'm going to tell you right now. I had him. I had both of his legs under my legs laying on the dental chair. Nice. An all picture. I had both of his arms around my arms, and he is screaming bloody murder, man. And I had him down, and they're just trying to look at his teeth, and it was, it, I mean, I, my wife threw me under the bus. He's a firecracker, she, too. It, he's out of control. I can't lie, though. I, I feel his pain. I'm 35 years old, and I still don't, I'm not a big fan of the dentist, so that's like the one pain that always gets to you, no matter what, you know? They numb your mouth, you can still feel it, so. Yeah. I know so, the feeling. So I grappled in the dentist's office. Nice. I don't know if it counts, but the kid, the little kids. Risk control. Tough. It's all about <laughs> risk control. That's right? what I'm trying to tell my son. Risk control, risk control. Yeah, there you go. So, so Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've known your family for a long time. And, uh, you know, I know you've been, I've watched a lot of your fights, even early starting. Give us a little history. Like, how did, how did, I think it takes a lot of, you know, dedication so what, what flipped the switch? You're like, hey, this is what I want to do. Uh, well, I did martial arts. I did competition karate and taekwondo for, when I was, for like eight years when I was younger. And then I got out of it and played more. I always played basketball my entire life, baseball, a lot of traditional sports. That's <clears throat> what my dad wanted. Oh, yeah, baseball. I think that's what... Uh, ran track during yeah. high school, things like that. So um, I did... Like through middle school and high school, did more traditional sports. Always like competing. Always like watch fights, and I always felt like, I mean, I felt like everyone else does. Like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. But being that I had a little bit of a martial arts background, when I was younger. I knew I could do it. It was just something I genuinely felt. And this actually isn't something I've talked openly about to other people before, unless you're someone that knows me like closely. But when I was 17. My dad just tra tragically passed away, like right. got sick one day, went to the hospital. My mom came home within hours and he was gone. Wow. And that kind of just flipped my life upside down uh, immediately. You know, your life changes in a day. And at that point, like I said, I was 17 years old. I was an angry kid. I started getting in a little bit of trouble and I just didn't care who I hurt at that point. There was a couple years after that where... Honestly, I was just like robbing houses and selling drugs and stuff and getting in trouble, getting in some fights. And fighting was always something that I wanted to do, actually. And my best friend, we went out one night and my best friend told my mom, like, just so you know, like, if you do not sign him up somewhere or give him an outlet, like, he's going to kill someone. I was just angry at life. And then she signed me up at a gym and I would, I went, I would go and train for a couple months and then go back to you know, goofing off. And then I'd go back to the gym again, go back for a couple months and then, you know, spend a couple months out. And then one of our, <clears throat> our good friends, his brother was training at the time as well. We went and saw his first fight at tough enough. And we went and watched him fight. We were sitting front row and I was like, that was it. I'm doing this full time. And that was, I trained full time six days a week for, you know, two to three times a day for 12 years. And Took it to where I did. Got in most of the big organizations. Um, I've, I've made it everywhere except 
I fought everywhere except like Bellator and UFC. Made it some pretty big organizations, World Series of Fighting, TKO in Canada, stuff yeah. like that. And uh, at that point, I just got to a point. Where I was 32 years old. That was two years ago. And I started thinking more about purpose and, you know, my mission in this life, things I want to do, the goals I've got set. And I was going through some, th some things personally and kind of decided to take a step back. You know, is this the best avenue for me to accomplish what I need to do in this lifetime. And two years later, here I am today. Nice. Sitting with you guys. Dude, that's Great. an awesome story, man. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that, that's some soul searching right there. You know, you, yeah. you, you went from one stage to another and now you're kind of on like what chapter three of your life where it's like, I would say chapter three, dude, honestly, like over the last two years, I feel like I'm just coming out of my shell and realizing who I am as a human being and what I'm supposed to do here. And everything has like led up to this, you know? Yeah, and, and I, man, I think that's that's ninety percent of life is just figuring out who we are. You know, yeah. it, it, it's 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 trying to figure out what's good for us, what's what's not good for us. Every person is different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Thank you, I appreciate that. So, uh, what something I'm interested in is is uh, the training aspect of it. There's a lot of MMA fighter or MMA fans out there. Eric, a ton, yeah, huge fan, right? And, uh, and we watched the fights just a couple weeks ago, uh, the big uh, UFC card. What number was that? 246. 246. And watching just Conor guessing. McGregor and stuff like that. And you see these guys get in the ring, even the, the ladies that get in the ring, and phenomenal shape. Absolutely. And with a lot of fans, they may not want to be fighters, but they would love to look like that. No, yeah. no, 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 no. There's a lot of fans that want to be fighters. Maybe. We have uh, a couple of neighborhood, we call them neighborhood kids uh, after the fight. Put yeah. some gloves on and go out to the front yard and really? Oh yeah. <laughs> what side of town do you live on? Your side of town. <laughs> your your hood, brother. And uh, and those those are just as entertaining as as what's on oh, the screen. Yeah. So uh, my third cousin seems to dominate that. So yeah. Wait wait wait. Question. Sure. Where where they get the gloves? Yeah, well, you had the gloves. Are they like Big Five Everlast gloves with the velcro? <laughs> ever, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Or those thin UFC ones you can buy. No, they're not the. They're not the. What, how, what are the? What are the MMA gloves? What are those? Like one pound, one and Which, a half pound. Uh, UFC gloves? Yeah, four ounces. Professional four ounce. MMA is four ounce like gel pack glove. Most people don't realize that getting hit with that is harder than getting hit with someone's bare fist. Really? I mean, it is like. When you have your hand wrapped properly and you put that glove on, usually it takes like your team to help you get your glove on. That's how tight packed it is in there. Your hand is like a brick. People don't get that. Like, oh, you have a glove on. I've never no, heard that. Tell it. Yeah. No, that is, is getting hit is with a glove and a proper tape and all that is in my opinion, multiple times harder than you're ever going to get hit with a regular fist. Your hand is legit like a brick. I'm so not. Why do they wear? It? Is it to protect the fighter, the hand? The yeah, knuckles? it's to protect your hands and all that. To to eliminate so many cuts from your knuckles and all that. But mm. you're absolutely wow. getting hit harder and covering more surface area with that than uh, you are just with your hand. Every time a glove's on, I'm like, man, I feel like I could just p punch a hole in a wall right now. Like, wow. like you feel invincible. Like your hands feel like bricks. I'm not kidding. That's you. awesome. I had no idea. I had no idea either. Yeah. That's it's not cool. even comparable. Well, so on the, on the flip side, when was the first time, have you ever been knocked out? No. Not so when a, when a nighter, when a fighter gets, well, yeah, they get stunned, right? You get stung. Yeah. They call it stung. But, uh, yeah, I personally, that's the one thing, like you talk about going to the dentist is yeah. a big fear, 
is I don't know how I'd react to missing that 35, 40, maybe a minute of my life. Yeah. Going, what the hell just happened, right? <laughs> and uh, and I know some people who have been knocked out and will go, yeah, I can see why you were knocked out. Yeah. Because there wasn't a lot to begin with. So when you take a little you know, subtraction, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I can see that. I don't even think you remember that. Like, I know guys that have been knocked out and they'll be like, ah, I just remember... I just remember this, and then next thing I know, like there's a ref in front of your face, or yeah. next thing you know, you're coming too. I've never been knocked unconscious. I mean, I have been TKO, like been dropped before, but you're still coherent, Cognizant. but you're just like discombobulated and cannot. Your body is way behind your brain. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't put it together or you can't get up. And when you're that rock, sometimes it becomes like fight or flight. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, but from, yeah. from what I've been told and from what guys I know, it's just like a blackout phase you don't even realize that it's that that area is missing if you were just doing this the tape and then was you were cut doing, yeah and spliced together yes. you had no idea wow. there was a, yeah that's crazy that is crazy so so would it help so back to my original question the conditioning that you're in if you're in really good shape and good condition does that help like preventing you from being knocked out your body's like absolutely conditioning absolutely plays a role in that like how how fast you can recover after you get your bell rung like how how strong you are absolutely like, say if you get rocked or something like the first thing to go is your legs your yeah. equilibrium you're yeah, all yeah. that if you're someone who has a great core great legs is someone who is strong then even sometimes when you get rocked like your body's natural response is still gonna keep you on balance still going to be okay sometimes when you're when you're fighting or when you do get blasted like that the only way i can describe it is it feels like um like you're like you're a little robot in your head like back there trying to control your body telling it what to do you know what i mean like something you'd see in like uh, men in black or something like that that's yeah. what it feels like you're like you're trapped down a tunnel still trying to control your whole body so and it, your body's not listening no but if your body is strong enough and you know you are conditioned enough and all that instead of you know it just taking a bow it will mm -hmm. still fight to stay stay up that's always like what I've what I felt, you know? It's like a video game. Like someone you got like your power bar there yeah. and someone's like chipping away at it, chipping away at it, chipping yeah, away yeah, at it. They yeah. hit you and you fall. But if it's harder to, you know, chip away at your power bar and it's still way up and your body is strong, your condi condition, it's much harder to knock you out and things like that. So so cardio conditioning your core yeah very important absolutely Did, even before the muscle and the strength or kind of equal the same no i, I uh, think it's the cardio so like, conditioning is the name of the game yeah. you know there's a saying that says fatigue makes cowards out of like out of all of us when yeah. you're in there and you're exhausted and you're tired you're not thinking like oh, how can i attack this guy or how can i this you're True. like you want to wait out dude that's why like You'll see guys that are highly conditioned that can put a pace on people that are technically better fighters, but they can just wear them out to where the point that that person can't produce anymore and they want to be done. The average human being, if you give them a way out, an easy way out, they're going to take it. It's the same thing with fighters. If you, if you pour it on someone and then show them the door, most people will take it. Wow. Yeah. yeah did, you, did you wrestle in high school, Jim? I did not. Yeah, so I wrestled a little bit in high school. Uh -huh. And so that's what people don't realize. Like in those big cards, yeah. and they're doing five-minute rounds. I'm like, 
dude, most people can't even last two minutes. Yeah, tops. two minutes in wrestling. And now you're talking another upgrade from wrestling and the fact that you've got like, you know, when you're talking about grappling and you're talking about, you know, carrying around, you know, as part of wrestling is you're carrying around the other person a lot of times, right? Yeah. They're putting their their force and their weight yeah. on you. Plus you're defending yourself, plus you're, you know, you're striking and everything else. Well, it's called mix for a reason. You're doing yeah. boxing, you're doing kickboxing, you're doing Plus wrestling. you're using like two energy systems, aerobic and anaerobic. One is like your lung capacity, if you were running and how much oxygen you can utilize. And the other one is like the limit at which point your muscles produce so much lactic acid that they cannot work anymore. So you're using oh, okay. both energy systems. And when you're mixing up and down, that's like, like a truly... You can tell when someone is like supremely conditioned when they can transition up and down like flawlessly and never get tired and keep going like uh, Demetrius Johnson or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so you're set to go into a fight, mm-hmm. say a big one. Let's go back to a picture a, a big fight. Well, no, Jimmy, what was your biggest what? fight? What was your biggest fight in your career? Um. Either a World Series of Fighting or like the, the, the toughest, the biggest fight I had and one I probably should have taken was uh, up in Canada and TKO against Jesse Ronson right as he was just out of the UFC. Oh, okay. Yeah, I lost that fight. So um, preparing for a fight like that, what's your day at at the gym? What are you doing to prepare for that big of a card? Like at the gym training-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You show up in the morning... You what do you you start with cardio? Do you start with techniques? Do you start do you weight lift? Everything uh, was different. So it would be like six days a week. I'd have you you know, two like three strength conditioning works workouts a week. So it'd usually be like one good workout in the morning, anywhere between two to four hours, depending on how, how long you're there. Sometimes you have your workout and then some of the some of the guys are still there and then you guys will like, hey, you want to drill something for an hour or whatever? So you're actually getting in like three or four sessions a day. But it would usually be, you know, the time would be set, like nine or 10 in the morning till uh, 12 or one in the afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, go home, eat, rest. And then like, uh, like a two or three o'clock in the afternoon till four or five, maybe sometimes six, just depend. you know, everything would change a little bit, depending on if you're sparring, if you're wrestling, things like that. Like, okay, Monday morning, I'm going to do, we have MMA practice and wall wrestling, uh, you know, MMA grappling and wall wrestling. And then we're going to go immediately out to, uh, strength conditioning after we're going to grab a bite. We're going to go out to strength conditioning after that. And then, you know, I may be done at like four or something in the afternoon. I'll go home, rest, and maybe that night, you know, by myself, I'll go run a couple miles or something. Just, you know, go put in three or four miles, wow. just stay, do it. And then Tuesday. That's full time right there. Tuesday is going to be, you know, we, we got kickboxing in the morning. We're going to drill for an hour. Then I'll do pads for my uh, coach with an hour, boxing, kickboxing. And then we're going to go eat we're gonna go rest maybe we're gonna go do recovery at the ufc training center and then uh tuesday afternoon we have small glove sparring over at extreme couture and we're gonna put on full gear and we're gonna spar a couple rounds uh and you know usually it's like an hour of drilling and warming up then you spar a couple rounds and then sometimes some guys want to do some work after things like that that you know wednesday morning wrestling wednesday afternoon strength conditioning maybe go on a run again that night or go swim or you know just just do something i'll, I'll have a massage that night go to the chiropractor thursday morning say same thing so it was two to three sessions a day six days a week for whatever nothing ever changed like for me nothing ever changed i was always in the gym so and it was I, a full-time I, job yeah i enjoy working 
hard. Like in a sense, that is my drug. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like pushing it hard. So it was fun to me. And then as the fight would get close or, you know, if you have a fight coming, it would be maybe the intensity goes up. So if there was never fights, I would not spar year round or spar intensely year round. You don't want the head trauma. You don't want the damage. So many guys, so many guys uh, have like ruined their jaw in the gym just from like taking so many, you know, dings. You can only get your bell rung or get knocked out so many times before like that button like becomes more accessible, you know? Yeah. So it was never, I never sparred like supremely intense until the last few four or five weeks before the fight. And it would be, you know, one time a week, maybe two times a week, we get in there, get in the cage, three or four rounds, hard rounds, and we go like, you know, we're not pussyfooting around here. Let's get yeah. it in, get our work in, and go. And just to make sure your timing is on and then that you can push hard for those those 15 minutes. That's awesome, man. That's so so what's that called when you get hit too many times? CT? Fighters get CT? or uh, Well, I, I think that's just something, you know, they're discovering yeah. with football and all that, more with, like, concussions and all that. But I just um, – I don't know how many – fighters they they found it i haven't seen too many studies on that but it is ct is what you know with the concussions and all that shit on the brain oh yeah so that's, so that's jimmy crazy. so you're 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 phasing out to chapter three what's the next chapter gonna look like are you gonna still stick with mma are you coaching are you bringing young kids up like what, what's gonna be the next purpose like what's gonna be the next round i guess phase three of my life is me making the impact on people on this earth that, that i was put here to do i feel like some I've, i'm someone who has endured a lot, of, like endured a lot of things in life. I, I, death has been like a reoccurring theme, theme in my life. I lost all my grandparents at a young age. I can remember my mom picking me up in fourth grade, like, "Hey, your uncle, your uncle died today," and I was already used to it at that point. Like, okay, I didn't have any grandparents growing up. Lost my dad at seventeen. Lost friends. Had a great friend of my great friend of mine who was like a mentor, the first person ever. Um, you know, take me under his wing in MMA. Yeah. He just took his life a couple years ago. It's something that has been like, I've been through a lot of hardships and I'm someone who has chose to like navigate that path on my own. So when the time comes, I can take this journey and give it to other people. And that that is what this, the next chapter of my life is going to be. It's funny, actually, like podcasting, speaking is something I want to give to uh, something I've thought about getting into. I just want to give to people. I've worked so hard to navigate my own mind and figure out and fight my own demons and work on emotional intelligence and why does this affect me this way? Why do I make these choices? Why do I choose this in 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 other partners? What, you know, why does my life unfold this way? How can I make this better? How can I help these people? These are things that I've worked on so hard that I know it is part of, like, it is my purpose here. Some people's life, uh, you know, you see a lot of people, and I hope I don't sound like I'm complaining when I'm saying this. This is just no, my journey. Not at all. You see a lot of people where maybe, you know, they things always work in their favor. They go smoothly. <laughs> they've never had any trauma, things yep. like that. Like, that is not me. And I'm, I'm not complaining about this in any way but i was given this specific life for a reason clearly i have the ability to be able to handle the weight of that i always felt the weight of the world i've been someone who you know like like i said i was just a 17 year old kid and my life was flipped upside down like you know in a matter of hours and i've and instantly became someone who 
has felt like I've carried the weight of the world and not in a bad way. I'm okay with it because I truly believe this is what I'm built for. But it's like, uh, you know, to it's to be able to offer something to my mom, my sisters, things like that. And then I chose the path of fighting to become a professional athlete. I've always been a leader in that sense. And I, I say this humbly, but I feel like people have, you know, looked up to me. I'm someone who's never cared about taking a chance and rolling the dice and I'm always going to follow my dreams. So my next chapter is taking everything that I've learned, everything that I've been given the last two years of my life that I've spent in solitude after failed relationships, after fighting, not going the way exactly how I thought it should. I've really taken the time to try to digest my entire life course and how can I use this to give to other people? And that's exactly what it's going to be. I I haven't even gotten started yet and I feel like I'm just coming out of my shell. Like I am here to give to people and I cannot wait to impact their lives. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to do that, but I know that that is what this chapter entails. And see, like I, I literally have been preaching this just recently, Jimmy. Like I've been able to identify that even for myself mm-hmm. is when stuff isn't going the way I think it should. Dude, I like I look around me and go, okay, how can I help Adam? How can I help Jimmy? How can I help when I start looking for ways I, I can personally help others? Yeah. Dude, like literally on a dime like that, life turns for me. And that to me is like a testament. Like I believe in my big preaching is truisms, right? Mm-hmm. If it's true today, if it's true for Jimmy, it's true for Adam, it's true for me. If it's true at work, right? One plus one equals two. Guess what? In relationships, one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. If emotions are, I, I love the word that you used, which was emotional intelligence. And, yep. you know, as guys were like, dude, when I hear the word emotion, turns mm-hmm. off right mm-hmm. that i'm like eh, what the hell is he talking about but no i mean like it sparked something in me like i love the fact that you're cognizant of that and and i think that's what we're trying to do like you know we we did the a previous episode about low t because i hear it on the radio all the time mm-hmm. right and i'm like i have no idea what the hell that is i have i'm like i'm pretty sure they're just selling snake oil right and then yep. we had tim and adam and they're i mean they got into it they're like they knew everything that was going on and so to hear your passion like one of the things i preach professionally is like get in the damn water like yeah. quit putting your your toe in right mm-hmm. dude if you want to go get so i'm a real estate broker by trade you want to go get your license it's not a job right yeah just like when you were a professional fighter guess what it ain't watching TV, son, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, if I could just show up on, on Saturday nights and collect a big check like Connor. No. You well, know, you're talking about a lifetime fire. of work, dude. Yeah. Like, people yeah. think this shit just happens overnight, always like to overnight success or this or that. No, like you didn't see the dude eating off food stamps. You don't, you know, yeah. Yeah. you don't have the wherewithal to understand how much work it takes to go into the gym, even to start. Because when you go in a gym, it's getting your ass kicked for a year. Like, seriously, you go in a gym and, you know, veterans, enforcers at the gym are, you know, okay, let's see how serious this kid is. Right. You're going to get your ass kicked. Are you just another dude who's in here who wants to sign up and thinks he's tough (laughs) tough and tells his friends that he trains UFC? Or are you serious about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, how how many kids are like that? How many, I mean, just give us a percentage. Like, you, I mean, you've been in the gym for so many years. Like, is there a lot of kids out there like that? I mean, I say kids, but I mean, like, you know. There are a lot of people too, but once you get to, like, once you get to a certain 
level too when you're at invite only pro practices and shit like that like there's no bullshit like right. yeah, yeah. you don't you it know weeds out the, yeah the you're starting you started it just signing up for fun then you went to the amateur classes and now after a year or two people see you're serious okay you're gonna get invited to the classes but none of that stupidity ever makes it there like a it's a waste of everyone's time and b you're gonna get hurt yeah yeah you know well, and i think another part too that you talk about and i think this is where you can really help other people, Jimmy, is explain to my wife. My wife hates violence. Like literally, like yeah, she doesn't like violent movies. And so, and she, I'm watching, I'm watching MMA all the time. Right? Yeah, and I'm listening to MMA podcasts all the time. Right, and she's like, Eric, how do you even watch that much violence? I'm like. It's not violent. I said, if you actually understand what's going on, this is literally a chess match it is. between two people. Mm-hmm. You, you, it, yes, it, it's there's the physical aspect, but for most of these people, it it's not like you're. It's not like a silver bullet. Like, oh, I, he, I, I caught Adam with a lucky left. No. no. It is a lot of setup. There's a lot. Of, there's all this interpretation of of what this, what's going on in in your opponent's head. What's going on with your your the opponent's body? You're reading all of this. You're setting them up. You 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 hit the head on the nail. Like you are playing chess, and there's a complete difference between like violence in a movie and you know the violence that may occur as a byproduct of someone expressing themselves in a fight. We're not here to to be violent. You know, they're given, you know, they're, it's always circumstantial. There are guys that just, like, want to hurt people. But if you look at it, like, as a whole, we're all fighting for something. You know, the, the regular human being may not be fighting with their fists in a cage, but you are fighting for something. You may be fighting to have a life for your kids or to build a great company for the people that work with you. You may be fighting to find yourself. You may be fighting demons, fighting depression, mm-hmm. fighting something from your childhood that's holding you back. Everyone is fighting for something, but this is just how some people choose to portray it. I wrote something the other day on my Instagram that was like, fighting is the only way that I could translate the fire in my soul. It, it, it genuinely was. like It was the only way I could express myself freely and I could go out there and, you know, they lock the cage and the lights are on and it's like, it's go time. Like I get to be, I get to express what I feel right now. And when you're talking about it at the highest level, then you are talking about art. Then you're talking about people who are fired up and who are an artist. You are playing chess. You're, you're spending 15, 25 minutes trying to figure out another man. And I don't care what anyone says. If you've never been in a fight then you don't know that feeling there is no truer moment in your life when it's put up or shut up you can say you think you're tough you can sit there on the couch and watch all these fights and think you're the man and all that but until you've put it on the line until you felt that when there's thousands of people and you you know push comes to shove who are you what are you made of? That's when you know that I can. There is no truer moment on this earth than standing across from another man and knowing that all you have is this, and it's me or him. Let's go. Let's find it out. What do you got? Damn. I don't know about you, Eric. I want to go to the gym right now. I know. I want to go lift, man. You got <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I'm I'm scared. Dude. Actually, why? Why Jimmy's saying that? I'm going. Oh hell! I know. <laughs> 
the other part about that is like you know the amateur fan that's watching yes. they go oh man i'd love you know and they they're practicing with their buddies you know and you know even you know i i like to practice on my oldest children right because they're the easy targets right yeah i teach them risk control all the time i'm like just yeah. watch i'm bigger and stronger than you but that's today i know in four years he that the tables are going to be turned right then i won't have that advantage they might but i do know too a professional fighter always has a great advantage right reason why floyd had a great advantage over connor right because a professional just like in anything whether it's you know putting pipes together or fighting or putting a, a transact a financial transaction together when you do it all the time you know what the hell you're doing mm -hmm. right yeah and you get an amateur there guess what you're gonna take advantage of them oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and so most like, people don't realize like adam and i outweigh jimmy for those that aren't watching us <laughs> we probably outweigh jimmy individually by over 100 pounds yeah, probably. Jimmy, what do you weigh in? Do you mind me asking? I'm like 165 right now. He's like, I just throw it out. He's like, when well, you're dead sexy like this, I just throw that number out like it's just candy, right? All right, so I'm about 90. I'm like 80 to 90 pounds heavier than 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 you are, Jimmy. And Adam is right around my range. I'm way well. higher. <laughs> and so, um, but I know when if the lights were on. I'm at a disadvantage. <laughs> Jimmy's faster than me. I, he knows what the hell he's doing. He knows, hey, you know what? I, he probably just stand there and chop the legs right out underneath me and have me hobble out the ring. He's like, how do I embarrass these big guys, right? That's yeah. what he's thinking. He's thinking, eh, you know, he's like, I don't want to, you know, we have so much body mass. He's like, eh, probably not striking him. You know, I just probably choke him out. He's like, you know what? Knock him down, choke him out. He's like, how can I get paid the fastest? That's what yeah, he would yeah, be yeah. thinking. <laughs> he would go around the ring. He probably actually maybe milked the first round. Because even <laughs> just running around for five minutes, he's like, okay, can I get some extra bets on this? Can I draw some extra cash? That's what a pro would do. Well, right. I, I think it starts with the intellect of it. I, and correct me if I'm wrong. But I think even before a fight, you almost study your opponent before you even touch him. It depends. You, well, you, you, so, so you don't like maybe watch a video or kind of like see his like style, see what he is, and then kind of plan that in your head way before you do it. If you see another opponent or a challenge, just like you said, you change into different aspects of your life, you kind of study it before you attack it. Uh, that just depends. Everyone's different with that. Some guys like to study their opponents obsessively. I was never someone that wanted to do that. Uh, a, I feel like, you know, that's your coach's job. You just watch it. I'm more of a person who like, wants to be programmed just turn me on and let me go like start the motor and let me go you know but um also i found that if you if you watch too much footage of someone or you become so obsessed with what they do like they're you know the footage you're seeing they're not fighting you and i present a different problem i don't want to go out there and be obsessed like yeah. oh he Oh, he's so good at his jab. He's so good at his jab. And watch and, and think about that my whole training camp because then I'm going out there thinking, you know, watch out for his jab. Watch out for his jab. Watch out for his now jab. Instead of your, like – You've changed your game. Yeah, as opposed to just going out there and saying like, this is what I do and this is what I do best. Good luck stopping it. I don't care what you do. That was how, like how, how I always felt or, what, what, you know, when I perform best. I, you know, my job is not to worry about what you do good. You can try and stop what I'm going to do. Got it. You know, the, and the other thing I love about watching some of these fights, and you saw it in the Conor McGregor fight and stuff like that, 
after Cowboy went down, amongst professionals, there's a love and respect there. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've seen that too, where you don't hate your opponent. You are trying to take them down. You are trying to win the match. You want to do that. But when it's done, win or lose, you have respect for that guy. I think in maybe some cases there's some fight. I think before the fight, I think they're just trying to sell tickets. The, no, some guys some genuinely theatrics. dislike each other. Oh, yeah. Really? oh, yeah. Some, you know, there are guys that you just genuinely don't like. Or, you know, it's a still a, a small, tight-knit community. You hear who's a good person, who's not a good who's person. Yeah, who, you know, who thinks they're the shit and all that. And so a lot of times it is just a job or, like, you're just doing it. Like, I don't have to dislike you to to go out there and fight you, like, once we sign the dotted line. But I do make it personal because – or it does become – personal for me because you genuinely believe you can beat me or you're trying to stop me to get from getting where I want to go or chasing a dream. So it is personal in that aspect, but at the Ross form of competition, like I just want to win dude. Like, you know, yeah, you want to test my metal, test my metal fortitude. Uh Let's see who's got it. I'm not quitting before you. That doesn't mean I'm never going to be beat, but I'm not quitting before you. That dude, that's good advice, man. Good advice. Well spoken. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, I, and I, I love it how you take fighting into your everyday life, you know, because because <laughs> that's exactly what it is. You know, I, I've had, you know, when you were saying that, I, I think of some of my challenges or the stuff I'm going with my kids and, and just things in life. And you're 100% right. It is a fight. It's a strategic fight to do what's best for that kid or myself or your job and stuff. And every day is a fight. Every day. You're waking up, you know. I mean, you just, yeah, that's a good aspect. I like that. Yeah. And I also like the fact, you know, so, uh, you know, the part about a fight is, and you touched on it a little bit, you're like, hey, I lost that fight. Yeah. Is we all lose fights. We all lose battles. But we're here to win a war, essentially, Absolutely. you know, and and I love the fact that you told, you know, in part of your earlier chapters, you said, hey, this is where I was at when I was 17. And you recognized, hey, you know what? This manifested. And, you know, and luckily that you found, you know, like water, which I do believe. I believe everything will work out. That's just I'm that type of person. Like, you know, what? I think everything in life's going to work out. I agree. Good, bad or ugly. Right. Things are going to happen the way they kind of should be. And, you know, a lot of times I believe that people get in their own way, right? And that's one of the biggest fights that they ever, you know, they fight. They're like, you know, I'm like, dude, you're in the wrong spot. You need to find. you say that. I have a tattoo on my chest that says our greatest fight will always be the one against ourselves. Because if you can't get out of your own way, then, you know, how are you going to get out there and do anything great in the world? Yeah. We've all been in our own way at times. Right. Or, you know what, maybe you're in the right spot and you're like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And sometimes the easiest answer is the simplest. And like, you know what, we all we all have different talents. We all have different, you know, we all actually think different, feel different. We're all not 100% the same. There is no, you no, know. No cookie cutter. No cookie cutter. And so at the end of the day, it's like, hey, you know what is and I think that's where you are right now, Jimmy. So I'm excited to hear about your next chapter Thank because you. that's another, like, you know, it's not about, you know, this one little bit, you know, no. or that one little bit. It's actually about the whole story, right? We don't buy books for chapter five. We don't buy books for chapter six. We buy books because you got to, you got to do the run up into it, right? You got to hear about all the crap, 
all the all the mishaps and then because if you're not you know you're not getting the full story you're like oh hell i know you're not six and oh so everywhere i know that you've been beat down and other places yeah you may be six and oh in this league right here but that's just because you haven't been challenged to the next level yeah absolutely and so um and so to hear about that and i love the fact that you can actually you know contextualize it into people's personal life and i said you know and i think that's where we either we don't recognize that we're fighting you know and that's why people just try to numb themselves or like you know what i don't want to do the fight i don't want to recognize the fight i don't want to I don't want to, you know, deal with that. And all they're doing is making the fight worse. Well, it's like if if life were just like one, you know, straight straight line, even keel, like you would never be able to experience the greatest moments, you know? You've got to be willing to uh, put yourself out there and put it on the line, not just in fighting, but in, in life in general and take chances and go after it because, you know, if you're not willing to experience the lows you're never going to be able to experience the the highs highs. either it's always it's always peaks and valleys you know you got to take the chances Uh, it's also about like your perception bad shit happens to everyone man like you know it just depends how you choose to look at it are you going to sit there and complain like oh man uh you know life hasn't been fair my way (laughs) yeah i've got snake eyes i bet everything on it but i don't i don't believe though like the things we go through are supposed to be the things we grow through. Like it's not supposed to break you. It can either break you down and you can be a victim or you can choose to Get your alter the way you look at it and say, what is this trying to teach me? Like, how can I use this? I think that it goes all the way down to like that awareness in life. A lot of people got to do things they don't want to do. Or sometimes you're there and like, oh, I don't want to be there or I don't want to have to do this. I still struggle with those things today. Like we all do. But if you can be more aware and be in the moment, like, all right, how can I use this? What is this trying to show me? Like, is there an opportunity here? How can I try to find the positive in this? It's easy to complain about anything. Like, life doesn't always go, like, you know? Yeah, life yeah. never goes exactly the way you want it to. How can you use what you're given to realize the potential, to 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 complete your journey, to, to figure out how you're trying to get there? That's what it's for. Like, you know, it ain't, it's, it's never this, this is a boring life. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and so, it's not really living. You're really no, not living. You're no really not living. And when you're in the moment, it's hard to see that lesson when bad things happen and, and you're down and you're going through some depression or you can't understand all that. Like it's hard to see in the moment. Like, why is this happening? But when you come out on the other side, you have like that aha moment, like, I'm entering like the greatest phase of my life and I've fought depression over the last two years, things I don't tell people about, like, you know, back-to-back failed relationships, asking myself like, why do I keep picking this specific partner? Why have things worked out this way? And as I'm coming out on the other side of that, like, I'm getting that point where you're back to like waking up happy every day and smiling. Like, I can recall points in my life where every day, my, when my feet hit the ground, and I got up. I don't care if I was tired or I was sore. My attitude was like, "Let's let's go!" Like I can't wait. And life. Jimmy, my time, my guy. Yeah, that's how I roll out every day. You know, <laughs> and li- like life beats you down, and you slowly like forget who you are, and and it takes you away from like your ultimate potential, and you lose vision of what you're trying to do, and then you get to this place where you're like. 
How did I get here? Like, who have I become? And this last two years of my life has been like me facing that person in the mirror. Like, what do I need to do to not only get back to that person, but to take all that and, and supersede that? And I'm, I, I genuinely feel like a butterfly about to be like reborn right now. Like awesome, I am excited man. for my own future for the first time in a long time. So Jimmy, for those, for our listeners that are out there and they want to get in contact with you or they want to follow you or they want to see how, how the next chapters unload, how, how, how can they follow you or, or stay in contact with you? Uh, so social media would be the easiest, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'll put you know, all the links in, uh, on iTunes. Yeah. So, so right under the podcast in the description, yeah. I'm going to get all your info, your Instagram links, Perfect. Anything, anything you want to put on there, even an email and, yeah. and people can contact you. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, here to give. I, I, I do have one question. Mm -hmm. Did you write any of this down? Are, are you putting this None. together? You know what? I, just a suggestion, but uh, you have an amazing story. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely motivated. I love hearing this kind of stuff. I would highly suggest your entire story. I mean, I could see a book. I mean, I mean, it's a book that I would buy. I'm yep. serious. And, and, and starting to write this down and putting it together. I mean, I, I don't know how to write a book, but like I... Adam's a plumber. I'm trying to. Get Adam's to, a plumber, so I'm, I'm writing trying. is not what he uh, excels at. So, but at the same time, I I do love reading. I love reading these kind of books. I love to be inspired by books. I like to hear a story of of nothing, and and then move into something, and it motivates me. The one thing I I've told Eric before. Have you ever heard of David Goggins? Oh yeah. So his book him. can't hurt me. Yeah. I, I read that about a year ago. I sign up for my first race. I start running. I never ran. Yeah. I hated running. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I, I ran the Las Vegas Marathon, and I met David there. Yeah. And it was a phenomenal time for me to meet him because I heard his book, and his book's kind of similar. He came from a crazy life growing up yeah. and became something phenomenal. And he keeps going. He keeps moving. He keeps becoming stuff. After he became a Navy SEAL, he became... Uh, a forest fire fighter, like one of those, uh, what are they called? Jump, smoke yeah, jumpers. Like the jumpers yeah. Dude, those guys are nuts. That, yeah. Dude, that takes a lot. And for him to continue to progress, oh, that's all I'm saying. I suggest maybe. I'm at, I appreciate that. that. And I'm, I'm at the phase of my life where I am trying to figure out the best way for the world to hear my voice. I feel like I have, I've always been like a quiet person and I'm, I am an introvert unless you're someone I'm comfortable with. Then you mm -hmm. get to see the whole package per se but i i've internalized so many things and and navigated so many bridges and demons and hard times and stuff through my head like i i have to i have to give this to people it's part of the reason i am here is to help people you know i i, I think a book can introduce you to even motivating speaking to getting out there and and yeah. And who knows? It could have started all right here. It could <laughs> it have started awesome. right here. I appreciate that. And we would yeah. lo I'll give love you guys, to have you, you back have on. Credit. You'll, 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 I'll give you guys your credit. Dude, that. I was awesome. looking just for a signed copy. but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, So, uh, to our listeners, it's been a great episode here oh, at the yeah. Rooftop Related Studios. I want to thank, thank again, you so much for Jimmy Spacuza. You, you can find him on Huge Instagram, motivation. Facebook. Um, there's obviously more to come from Jimmy. If you have any questions about, hey, you know what, maybe I want to pursue a professional career, reach out to Jimmy. If you will think about, hey, you know what, I've got some demons in life, 
Jimmy is the type of coach and mentor? Because that's what I'm hearing from you, Jimmy. That's what I want to do. Is what you want to do. And, and Well, that let's put it this way. That's not what I want to do. That is what's in me. I can't help but try to teach like everywhere I go. It just comes out. Conversations like I want to converse with people. I, I want to know. I'm going to ask the question. I ask the questions that I want to people to give me the answers that they don't even know they're giving. Right. You know? Well, I, I think I speak for Eric. We got to definitely have you back on. I, I think it'll be fun to do a show maybe right before a fight too. Yeah. We could talk about it. It'll be cool to watch a fight and then and then do a show or something like that. But I'd be I'd love that. But uh, it, it, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on if you're cool with that. Of course, I'd love it and I hope That'd I was able to I hope we didn't get too far off agenda or what you know whatever no, whatever no, goal we were aiming for no, today. We're, that's so what we're aiming for. And and like at the end of the day a lot of our podcast Jimmy is is kind of a collection of all his lives. Like I've always felt that everyone's got a story. Like yeah. me personally, like mm-hmm. everyone, you know, everyone kids that I'm an extrovert and that, you know, and that I, I used to be a valet in college at the Gold Coast where the pro Cowboys call home for those that know. And, uh, <laughs> and so as a valet, dude, I would come in contact with thousands of people throughout the year. Yeah. And my, my, my coworkers are like, Eric, how in the hell are you so high energy all the time? <laughs> and my coworker, Pat McGowan was like, Eric, I think I figured you out. Yeah. You're like a vampire. You just suck the energy out of these people before they even go in the <laughs> casino. And they're like... And then they fired you. No. 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 <laughs> no, I was there for, for quite a few years. And uh, there's quite a few fun stories from that. And and the friendships I made at, at that job are like close to my heart. So it was just a, it's just a cool time in life, actually. Like, I look back and that was... An incredible experience. Like, hey, man, I got to, like, when I was a valet was, like, one of the cool times in Vegas when it was cool to be a yeah. valet. Oh, yeah. Um, not as It was a covenant so, job, for sure, especially yeah, I, amongst the youth. That so. was way back when, you know, when guys were, you know, you're killing it at valet, making a ton of money, working the door at clubs, all that, before oh, yeah. people started getting in trouble. That yeah. Was like the I old... mean, I had a beeper when beepers were cool. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, being J&J in, J&J in the upside down numbers and stuff. Hello, you know. Yeah. I've been in class at UNLV. Beep, 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 beep. Right. They're like, is he a drug dealer? No. like, no, I'm a valet. I'm I'm gonna make some money today, right? Yeah, you really, were making money like a drug dealer, though. It, it really was his mom, and she said hello on there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so, well, dude, that's awesome, man. Well, yeah. Once again, we appreciate you having coming on and telling us your story, dude. I mean, that's that's inspiring. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. And uh, uh, to all the listeners, uh, please uh, spread us out, man. Tell us, tell your friends about the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, hit us up on social media. And uh, we'll, we'll put all the links right there in the, in the, in the section, whatever that section's yeah. called. Jimmy, don't forget, Jimmy Spiscoo's uh, 2020 coming at you. Awesome, man. Book go. him now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys.